I didn't even see it land. I didn't even know it hit the cafe there. Holy smokes, he did it! Off the Hit It Here Cafe! Welcome back to the Hit It Here podcast. My name is Colton, and I am here with my co-host, Joe. Now, we are recording this episode, episode three of the Hit It Here podcast, shortly after the Seattle Seahawks lost to the Chicago Bears 14-9. to This was an ugly game for our Seattle Mariners, and overall this might have been the biggest heartbreaker of the year joe how did you feel about today's game and just the series with chicago so far i've been i was just very confused about as confused as i was watching chris flex and give up seven runs in one inning uh that was not my my favorite thing today you know we saw the bats come out big and we were very excited about it and i even said in our members only discord like hey just like a game two against the angels the bats are popping off i probably jinxed it at that point you know very superstitious sport baseball is and after that, it was wraps, but we'll get to more on that later. Overall, Chicago has been about as pesky as the other Midwest team we played previously, Cleveland. So not enjoying our time in the Midwest so far. Yeah, that final game in Cleveland, obviously the Mariners lost in extra innings, which is the same thing they did in game one. Game one against the Chicago Cubs. I mean, that home run that Jared Kelnick hit in the ninth inning, goosebumps, man. Dude. Like, how, how did you feel? What, what, what happened to you? I threw my phone. I, I like I Caitlin was talking to me and I don't who my girlfriend she oh. was talking to me and I didn't hear a word that she was saying because I was just like so like entranced with the night sky and seeing the ball fly I was like I hit off the score but like he got every single ounce of that baseball mm-hmm. one question really fast I have one question yeah what's Go up ahead. with the knob of Jared's bat is it one I haven't really looked at it. Is it one of those boy. like like thick ones? That's the actually a thing that a ones. lot of players are using this year. Really? Like it like if you look at the team, a lot of guys are using it, I believe, and don't quote me on this. Okay. Obviously, when when you and I played, we had the axe handle bats, right? Sure. That was kind of popular. Uh-huh. These ones allegedly are kind of weighted heavier in the handle, so it more leverage. Kind of, okay. Or a different weight. Is that the one where they, they sure. like half grip their hand like their bottom hand on it? Maybe I know, I know Arenado does that where he grips part like half of his hand like on that knob and then the rest like on like the handle of the bat. I don't know. Yeah. I just notice every time he's up, I'm like, that thing's thick. Yeah, I'd have to do more research on I think Listella uses the same kind of bat. And overall, I think the team as a whole just like started using it quite a oh, bit like okay. this spring. So I'd have to look a little bit more into it. I mer- they talked about it during spring training. Interesting. I- I didn't really pay attention, but overall, they did talk about it. But yeah, that home run that JK hit off of the scoreboard, I mean, gave me flashbacks of Kyle Schwarber in the World Series, you know, coming back and Mm -hmm. landing a ball on top of the scoreboard. But that game, in the end, obviously, the big thing that sticks out for me from this game was similar to what we saw at the end of the Cleveland series in that extra innings game, where Penn Murphy had the pickoff move to second base, and this Mm -hmm. was Matt Brash picking off to third base and making a bad throw to Gino over at third, which yeah. would have gotten Nick magical. So I, it was one of those ones where he made the motion to second and he magical had already started going when brash like picked off and it just didn't look like brash adjusted fast enough, I guess to throw to third, his, his body like kept kind of carrying him towards second. And I feel like that's probably why his throw wasn't right on the money, which where it needed to be because you said it would have got him, but magical's fast. He's speedy boy. So it would have been a tough play all around, but you know, what are you supposed to do with then you got the fastest guy on third. You don't walk the guy that 
has one of the lowest strikeout percentages on the Cubs, with then the next guy up having one of the biggest strikeout percentages in all of baseball last year, Dansby Swanson, who had already struck out twice that night. Walk Nico Horner, try and strike out Swanson, and then try and roll into a double play is what should have been the game plan there, in my opinion. However, they just let Nico Horner somehow hit Matt Brash's, I think it was a slider, out of the zone, poked over second base. Just the, the end of that game... It's just another like gut-wrenching loss because you don't want to lose in extras after you've just lost in extras. Your bullpen's taxed even more so. It's just it's another loss that hurts more so because of the circumstances. Yeah, and I mean, Nico Horner, we'll get to a little bit more on him later for game two. Obviously, he had a big hit. Well, not a big hit, but a hit in game two that really threw me off that they were even pitching to him. But in that game, you and I had talked, I think the live stream before that, the one in Cleveland, sure. about walking the guy and just having him steal second yeah and that was immediately what i thought about but it's like if you walk nico horner you he's have gonna, chance... gonna steal second base right exactly and yeah. does he just steal second base and does cal throw um i don't remember who was catching that game mm -hmm. do they throw down and try to get the runner and like you talked about trying to get the guy um like a high school play trying to get the guy at yeah home. have the shortstop who, who knows across, like behind right behind the diamond and then throw home yeah. right and and who knows in that situation what like what happens it's a bunch of what ifs and that's what we've been playing a lot with lately but yes. Matt Brash has looked bad it's just his command he's just it doesn't it's not it's not playing in those high leverage situations whereas before he was in the seventh maybe the eighth where it was high leverage but not extra innings high leverage not blown saves high leverage where it, it's just getting to a point where we're missing Munoz more than I feel like we would have realized. And yes, the regression to the mean for a bullpen is kind of what we're seeing this year. However, we've had stand-up performances from Spire, Topa, who's been pretty good, and then Got. So it's just a lot of just playing with fire, kind of like Russian roulette with the bullpen, it seems like right now, and I don't really know what to make out of it. I just hope Munoz, when he comes back, is still firing on all cylinders. Because you're right, Brash has looked spotty. So game one obviously didn't go very well, but one of the bright spots for game one was Jared Kalnick. Obviously, Joe, you talked a little bit about the home run that he hit off of the scoreboard, which mm -hmm. at T-Mobile Park may have been off of the Hit It Here Cafe, which brings us to our cafe question of the day. Joe, which is? Well, our friend Jared asked us, any plans for the pod to be on Spotify? And we have great news. Yes, the podcast is going to be on Spotify from here on out. Same time, same day. You're going to find it on YouTube. You'll find it over there on Spotify if that is your preferred listening place for all your podcast needs. If you have other places where we want it, where you want us to upload it at, maybe like Apple Podcasts, let us know. But you'll find us on Spotify now. Same thing. Hit it here, podcast. Thank you, Jared, for your question. And remember, comment a question on this video if you want to be featured in next week's episode. And Colton, we're on to game two now. You know, I saw the Mario movie during like the second half of this game. It's way better than I think watching the rest of this game. The Mario movie was fantastic. How was the rest of the game, Colton? You know, what's interesting is I didn't get home from work until after the marriage had scored about five runs oh, okay. to watch this game. So over, I think the problem was I started watching the game and you stopped watching the game. False. Um, I watched Chris Flexen give up all seven runs in oh, that third okay. inning. So maybe so, I thought me leaving would stop the bleeding. Right. It didn't. Because what was the final scoreline? 14 to yeah. 9? Yeah, it was said? a nice game between the Bears and the Seahawks right, at right, fourteen right. to nine. Two field goal or two two touchdowns, three field goals. Yeah, yeah, it was it was an interesting game in Chicago. Two touchdowns, three field goals, and overall, this game 
was garbage. I mean, that's just that's just There's all. There's no other get. way to put it. You were, were no not satisfied. I mean, I'm satisfied with certain things like Kalnick, more extra base hits, looking great at the plate. He drew a walk, I think, or was it? Did you, yeah, you weren't first walking. at bat. Yeah, it was first at bat. Okay, but you weren't watching. But yeah, he walked, and it was great. A B kept the line moving, and that's what you want to see out of J K. And I'm just, I'm just gonna keep playing this little, this little tune here. Jerry Kalnick is looking like one of the better players on our team right now, and I'm very happy to say that. Yeah, I really wish that Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez could be, you know, together at the same time. Yeah, they're being, being very asynchronous right now. Yeah. Like one has, like, one cannot exist without the other kind of a thing. Wait. Yeah, but... Is that how that works? Whatever. Keep going. It sounds right. Yeah, uh, I mean, JK, like you said, with the walk and then that big home run into left center field that disappeared. Mm -hmm. And I think you might have been in the movie at this point, but his second, his double that he hit. Yeah. Did you see it? Did not. Okay, so it, I don't know if you can picture Wrigley Field right oh. now, but there, are you picturing it? Yes, my eyes are closed. Okay, cool. Perfect. So there is a net that like extends like at a weird angle off of the set, off of the fence all around the diamond. Mm -hmm. He hit it off the bar of the net. He was maybe two inches away from another home run. Dang it. To, yeah, to dead, to dead center. Interesting. So. And then in his last at bat, he had a hard line drive up the middle or a hard ground ball. I think it was it was either the second base or shortstop up the sure. middle, and uh, he was thrown out, but I, he still hit it well. Mm -hmm. I do. He is expanding the zone a little bit on like deep counts. For example, uh, I think it was. I think it was in his game. first at bat today. I saw him swing at a pitch that was three two. I think it was like either like a sinker low and away like or not low and away but like outside but it was to protect it was definitely like a protective swing i right. don't think he was chasing it i, I mean it's a chase because it's out of the zone but it was more of like a this is kind of close don't know the tail on this pitch specifically it could have caught the outer edge so he fouled it off and then drew the walk mm -hmm. but i get what you're saying though definitely like a lot of the players on the team i feel like are expanding the zone way more than they should in those two strike counts yeah, and I, I think that's really with Julio. That is a big problem. We talked about it before. His whiff percentage is one of the worst in baseball right now. He is swinging and missing at so many pitches that are not even anywhere near the zone. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Julio's been off to a great start, although he's struggling a little bit here in Chicago. He has looked really bad at the plate, and this goes back to game one when eventually he walked, but you had the winning run. I think it was on second base at that point. Yeah. You had the winning run there, and he's chasing pitches. Eventually, he did walk. But you just can't have bad at-bats, especially in extra innings, from the top of your lineup with, mm. like, for example, Ty France with the bases loaded. We talked about this. And he just looked terrible. He's Gino got, then grounded out. And... Ty France has negative ice with the bases loaded, I feel like, right now. It's just – it's bad. Can I stop you? Uh, I'm going to stop you. So, ice. I'm old. Okay. Do I need is to explain like what some, ice means to you? Is this some new hip thing? No, dude. Ice in the veins has been a thing since, like – D'Angelo Russell was on the Lakers, and that was early on in his career. Right, but like, why is it just now ice? It's not ice in the veins; it's just ice. Like, because he's it icy. Just he's just a, ice. When it just like it went from uh, got ice in his veins to uh, ice. Yeah, it's just shortened. You know, it's just easier. It's still like it's like I don't know. You colloquial, colloquially, we'll just understand it as it gets smaller. Like, you just like compound it more. At what point can I just call it I? No. If I just keep making it smaller, no. I, I, I don't understand you damn kids and your lingo. Ice is right? the smallest it will ever be. Just letting you know. Yeah. So overall, Chris Flexen was bad. Joe, how do we feel about the uh, Flexen should start over Marco fellas here? The narrative definitely is looking them directly in the face and saying, 
you shut your mouth right now. It, I mean, Marco looked really great in Cleveland. I mean, great for Marco is definitely different than what great for a guy like Luis Castillo might say. But at the same time, I mean, Flexen went two and a third and gave up eight runs. Marco went five and two thirds and gave up a run, right? So might have been two, but yeah, sure. Marco just he's looked a little bit more consistent. Flexen looked great up until today. And that's the big issue is like maybe there was just something in the water. I don't expect Flexen to go out there every single time and give up so many runs. However, saying that Flexen is better than Marco at this point, you can't really make that argument anymore. Yeah, and I mean overall, I think I mean, we just have to give credit to the Cubs and the Cubs lineup. I mean, they were just they were making hard contact. I talked about it during game one. Is Nico Horner, there was a pitch I think think it was jose rodriguez it was on the mound together j-rod okay he threw up above the zone and somehow some way nico horner like you said earlier doesn't strike out he hit this ball down the right field line and scored two and that was like the dagger just like fought it off like point. at the top of the zone yeah. like punched it the other way no idea how he did it but the infield was drawn in close mm. he hit it down the uh right field line for i think it was a double and yeah. overall I don't know. Nico Horner is a freak of nature. Also, off topic here, but Dansby Swanson got pulled out of the game early, which I'm not sure why. Oh, I... Yeah, you were probably seeing the Mario movie. I was, in so. fact, seeing the, the Mario movie, <laughs> believe it or not. I would so assume, Nick... I mean, the, if the game's away from them, maybe just giving him some, you know, a little time off the field for a bit, but... Well, that's the thing. I, I think it was only a three-run game in, like, the sixth at that point, so... Mm. Maybe like I don't a know. precautionary to keep an thing. Eye on. Yeah, for sure. I know there's a play up the middle where he fielded it. We had runners on first and second, and this is how the bases got loaded because I think Julio hit this ball. And he flipped it to Horner at second and, like, got over him. Maybe, like, something happened on that play. It was very early in the game, so I highly doubt it because they would have taken him out way earlier if it's, like, a precautionary thing. So I don't really know. But if Danzy Swanson's on the I.L., this is you you heard it here <laughs> all right at the hit of your podcast <laughs> source okay. okay so we're moving on so the bullpen usage has obviously been a big talk of the seattle mariners thus far we've seen uh, a lot of guys like gabe spire and we've seen justin topo we saw him in back-to-back games up until the game that was today or i guess yesterday for you guys that are watching this yeah and the bullpen usage as a whole has been, like I said, a big problem for the Mariners, especially after Chris Flexen wasn't able to get deep in yesterday's game. He doesn't even need to go, like, that deep. Like, he needed to go five. Right, I especially with like. a seven-run lead. Yeah. Go it's five, just... give up two or three, and then turn the ball over to Jose Rodriguez and have him pitch three. Yeah. And maybe give up a few more runs. and Sure, try and keep it, like, within striking distance for the game to finish out. But giving up eight is just... It's just... It's the opposite of what you needed out of a starter today after your bullpen has had to work way more than normal. Yeah, obviously we saw the usage of Penn Murphy. We saw Paul Seawald now get two days off in a row, which is good. Hopefully that will kind of bring him back to the norm for Paul Seawald. Diego pitched in the game, the second game of the series. He looked decent. I saw we a lot also... of people saying that they don't want to trust him anymore. That's that some of the things I saw on Twitter post game is not really feeling confident in Diego Castillo. I thought he looked great in Cleveland, but mm -hmm. you know that's a different different outing than what people are talking about today. Yeah, and overall, I mean, our bullpen, due to injury and just overuse right now, has not looked good. 
yeah oh, like the, the mariners bullpen has been downright bad so far this season in mm -hmm. 2023 and whether that be you know new guys coming in like your trevor god I mean, trevor god was good god's until, been great i mean he gave up a run today two. yeah yeah but um yeah the bullpen itself i don't know if it's just again overuse or obviously andres munoz being hurt does not help yeah but matt brash has looked pretty bad diego's been kind of hit or miss Penn Murphy's been decent, but he's been way overused. He's pitched in like what seven of like the eleven games played yeah, so far. He's leading the, I think he's leading the team in pitching appearances for sure. Right. So I'm not sure what the right answer is. Obviously, we can't just keep. We cannot keep bringing up the JB Bukowskis's <laughs> and the Jose Rodriguez's <laughs> of the world. Yeah. We, we the bullpen needs to get back into better shape. And with the off day coming up on Thursday, maybe they can do that. But so game three against the Cubs, like I said, you guys are probably watching this game right now or watching this after the game is going mm -hmm. to be Logan Gilbert versus Marcus Stroman. And so far, Marcus Stroman has looked pretty good. And Logan Gilbert has been a little bit hit and miss, but he still has been pretty decent. Joe, what do the Mariners need to see out of game three against the Cubs? I mean, Gilbert just needs to go more than four innings. I know last time his velo dropped, he was at 81 pitches or something like that. So they got him out of there a little bit earlier. Bullpen did come in and save the day. I don't know if the bullpen's going to be able to do that tomorrow with all the high level, like, you know, amount of usage in the last couple of games. So Gilbert's going to have to go out there and shove at least six. I think that is what you need out of him. Seawald's going to be available to pitch. Spire will likely be able to pitch. I don't think Topa saw any action today, so Topa could be maybe come in. You, like we talked about Jose Rodriguez, if he gets sent down and someone comes up, because that's what happened with Bukowskis, just another guy to eat garbage innings. Don't be surprised if that's going on there. Stroman, you know, it's a he's a guy that you said he's pitching well. He doesn't hasn't given up an earned run this year. He's pitching really, really great as the front end of that staff for the Cubs, leading their way on the mound. We tagged Wasneski really early on in, in the game, you know, yesterday. If we can get Stroman there again and just let Gilbert kind of ride it out, I think that's the, the biggest key is to chase Stroman early, get to the Cubs bullpen, and just hope Gilbert is cruising. Yeah, and we saw the Mariners do that with Shohei Otani. Obviously, Otani went out there and randomly threw like 110 pitches. But yes. that's because the Angels are garbage at managing their pitchers. And like you said, there's probably going to be someone coming up in AAA, whether that be like a Tommy Malone or like a Darren McCacken. Yo, what's up, Daydara? One of those guys is probably going to come up just in case the Mariners do need to cover some innings. Obviously, the idea is Andres Munoz will come back sooner rather than later, yes. and the Mariners are going to be fine. But... Moving forward, they have the off day on Thursday. So if they need to throw a few guys in the Wednesday game at 11.20 Pacific, it's not the end of the world because everyone's going to get a day off after that. And then they're going to return home versus the Colorado Rockies. In that series, we Finally. should be theoretically, theoretically, have Marco Gonzalez and then George Kirby and then Luis Castillo in that weekend series with the Rockies. Mm -hmm. If Marco doesn't go on paternity leave, of course, I don't hate that for the Mariners. Yeah. I think that is a good matchup for the weekend. I will say I am a bit nervous to see Marco Gonzalez pitch to CJ Crone. Specifically, <laughs> CJ, like, I feel like he's just going to he's gonna hit four home runs, which is scary to say. Mm -hmm. And I don't want – that's not a reality that I want. It's just what I'm imagining, if you will. It's my, my biggest fear. But you're not wrong. The day off on Thursday is going to be huge. Returning home should theoretically also pay dividends to them. Um, you know, there's a travel day in there, but getting out of the Midwest, which seemingly feels like it's been cursed in Chicago specifically, just get out of there. Just, you know, shake off the juju, get out of there, get back into the mojo of T-Mobile Park. 
and take home some dubs against the bottom of the barrel of the National League West, in my opinion. Rockies are, by and large, the worst team in that division. You should trounce them in your home ballpark. And with the homestand coming up, make sure to gear up at simplyseattle.com. We got code Mojo10 for 10% off your order at checkout. One of our greatest partners and sponsors of the channel and the podcast here. We love their stuff and we hope you love it too. Make sure you use code Mojo10 at checkout at simplyseattle.com. With the Mariners playing against the Rockies and then playing against Milwaukee, you should be doing all right. Like you said, get out of the Midwest. Hopefully, if the Mariners take the game on Wednesday, they'll finish with a 500 road trip. It's not the end of the world. Obviously, we would have liked to have it go a little bit better, especially winning the first two games on this road trip. But once you get home, face Colorado, face Milwaukee, these are not teams that are going to blow you away. They're not nearly as good as the Cleveland Guardians. And honestly, I don't think they're nearly as good as the Chicago Cubs for that matter. So this might be a series where the Mariners have a chance or a couple series where the Mariners have a chance to kind of make up some ground before facing St. Louis, Philadelphia, and Toronto. I will say, I mean, the Brewers, if you're calling the Brewers pretenders, they're ahead of both the Cubs and the Cardinals, and the Brewers have been beating up on the Cardinals. So careful with your words there. You might have some Brewers fans come out of the the woodwork here. Hey, Brewers fans, listen. All right. We know you don't exist. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, though. Getting back on the right foot against a team like the Rockies, it's one of those ones where it's like, this series should be like a reset for the team itself. You just kind of want to get back on the right track. Maybe get some fundamentals down. Tom Murphy, if a guy's stealing second, don't throw it into the outfield. Pitchers, if they're going to pick off, maybe make sure a guy's there. Maybe make sure you're hitting the guy in the chest. Like, focus on the fundamentals. You're at home. The crowd's going to be with you instead of against you. I know in the game yesterday, they were dead silent when the Mariners dropped five in that, that inning. And then the very next inning, when the Cubs decided to wake up, the crowd was just going bananas, which makes sense. You know, you're in enemy territory so having you know the mariners faithful back behind you win some games for him because we really need it right now we're four and eight if you take two out of three maybe sweep the rockies you're one game away from being at 500 at that point unless of course you lose tomorrow you know there's you know numbers are weird but you'll be closer to 500 than you were before if you win some games against the rockies and i'll be at the game on friday if you guys do see me make sure you guys say hello and we have a video on the screen right now talking about julio rodriguez and why he is so much better than some of the players on other teams that maybe have bright futures but just haven't reached their potential we want you to check that one out we appreciate you guys watching this episode of the hit it here podcast and if you're listening on spotify congratulations you're one of the first people to listen on spotify Remember, every single Wednesday at noon, same time, same place, Spotify or YouTube. Thank you guys for listening and watching. Go Mariners.